The joint convention will return to order. Last night, Governor Gretchen Whitmer spoke at Michigan's Capitol for her sixth State of the State address. Members of the joint convention, the governor of the great state of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer. She talked for nearly an hour, notably covering calls for free community college, free preschool, affordable housing, and more programs to bring business to Michigan. Today, we're debriefing the state of the state address, the proposed policies, and what's in store for Governor Whitmer's future. This is Stateside. I'm April Baer. Thank you. Good evening, Michigan. The home of the best football in the country, am I right? Arjun Thakar is a politics and civics reporter for WKAR. Hey, Arjun. Hey, how you doing? Great. He was there covering the speech last night, as was Michigan Public's Zoe Clark, who's here. Hey, Zoe. Hi, April. Okay, so before we get to the actual meat and potatoes of what Governor Whitmer had to say in the address, I would like to ad- talk about an elephant in the room. Like some of you, I am a product of the 80s. I love big hair and bold leather jackets. We just, we got to get this out of the way. Governor Whitmer talked about how she's a product of the 80s, and she used this literary device of sorts, naming different policies from the past year and comparing them to 80s jams. We quintupled the working families tax credit, so people working nine to five or second or third shift get hundreds more dollars back in their pockets. Look, I am as mom as anyone, but I was kind of eye-rolling. You guys, how do you think this landed? Was it like classic mom humor or relatable content? Arjun, I don't know. What did you think? I think some some of them were landing. I, I, we, did, we heard some uh, some laughter from the crowd. Um, not not all of them generated that kind of laughter, but a, a fair amount of them, about, about half of them or so. Got that got that response from the crowd, yeah. Zoe, what was your take? Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, I don't know how now the number of state of the states that I've covered or listened to, it was something different. Um, it in some respects too, and you know, I'm sure we'll talk about this, there was a lot of talk and cheer also about the lions. Every Michigander deserves a classic Michigan story. You work hard, follow your dreams, and build a great life. When you get knocked down, you get up again. You keep fighting. That's what makes us special. Heck, just look at our lions. Once a, yeah. A lot of the folks in the chamber were wearing uh, the lions blue. Uh, Mayor Mike Duggan was there. He had a lions scarf on. Uh, There was a Republican lawmaker who was actually wearing a lions jersey. So it you know, that sort of like silliness of the speech and, you know, I love that you call it a literary device. How like NPR and <laughs> hoity-toity are we that the literary device of 80s rock during a state of the state speech. Maybe I'm giving her a little too much credit. Um, I think that along with sort of the the like excitement uh, and the go Lions spirit just sort of added to this whole interesting element that I haven't seen in a state of the state anytime recently. And part of that is because like, oh, yeah, global pandemic and things are really, really heavy. For true. Mm -hmm. For true. Although seriously, how are you not going to talk about the Lions right now? But that's another story. Um, May I ask, what does Gretchen Whitmer do when she wants to relate to her base through her speeches? Zoe, do you want to take this one first? Yeah. Well, first, let's put into context that like her base is in that room uh, vis-a-vis that she's got a lot of support. Okay, 
there's her cabinet officials. She has other folks who have one statewide elected office like, you know, uh, Attorney General Dana Nessel, like Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson. And then, of course, she has Democratic senators and she has Democratic House reps, all of whom also have brought their own guests who are either um, in the gallery above or actually on the House floor. So, you know, her base and there's a lot of excitement when she's talking to those folks. What's so interesting and also we'll get you know, into this too, is on the other side of the chamber, of course, is where the Republicans sit. And I can't remember a speech, and this is going back now, like, you know, two decades, that the opposition has been so willing to sit on their hands, to not even give like polite golf claps. Um, There were some Republicans who were actually just like scrolling on their phones. It was a very interesting dynamic. I don't know. Arshun, did did Gretchen Whitmer's tone and her, you know, the kind of things she was talking about, did you see, uh, are those typical of how she tries to get Democrats excited about what's going on? Yeah, I think, I mean, she really was focused on two things, as as you would, in, you know, in a state of the state address. She was kind of celebrating some of the achievements that they've had um, over the last year with with the with that Democratic majority um, and also just pitching herself and pitching kind of the other policies. So um, in that sense, since, you know, they had that Democratic majority last year, she is kind of governing um, with that in mind. So that argument has sense in that regard. But yeah, the Republicans really did seem to think that um, Governor Whitmer was just more focused on kind of pitching herself for higher office and kind of for a national audience rather than um, meeting the needs that Michigan families have and are facing in, you know, with our current economy. Yeah. At one point, Matt Hall, to your point, April, we we spoke with minority leader of the House, Matt Hall, right after the speech, who indeed called it what he thought was the most bipartisan speech this ever uh, governor has ever given. That's just, I don't think, accurate. <laughs> Listen to her speech from last year, the first time that Democrats were you know, in charge in Lansing in 40 years. And then you can talk about um, bipartisanship. But to Arjun, I mean, he's your point is absolutely right on. Like Matt Hall kept talking about that her speech was for coastal elites, right? Um, that she was trying to like Gavin Newsom, uh, Michigan, of course, being the Democratic progressive governor in the state of California. So yeah, Republicans came out hard against it. But speaking again to Whitmer and talking to her base, I was quite surprised. She brought up President Biden a couple times during the speech. President Biden's policies are bringing jobs and supply chains home to Michigan from around the world. Still, yes. Whitmer, of course, is co-chair of uh, President Biden's re-election campaign. But, you know, we know that his uh, polling numbers are not super wonderful right now. And so I was I was intrigued by the fact that she name dropped uh, this president a couple times in the speech. We need to take a short break. More on the state of the state address in a minute. Support for the Stateside Podcast comes from Kalamazoo College, offering a personalized education that combines critical thinking, curiosity, and creativity. Committed to preparing students for meaningful careers that make a positive impact on the world. More at kzoo.edu. 
Support for Michigan Public's stateside podcast comes from Lake Trust Credit Union, working to empower financial well-being for Michigan consumers, businesses, and communities. Committed to financial solutions and advice to support people and families. More information at laketrust.org. The state of the state is also a time when you get big vision proposals. In addition to being an opportunity for cheerleading, it can be a place where you talk about what you want to do. Uh, The universal pre-K announcement ahead of schedule seemed like the big one to me. In our next budget, let's deliver pre-K for every single four-year-old in Michigan two years ahead of schedule. Community college paid by the state for all Michigan grads. In our next budget, let's make the first two years of community college in Michigan tuition-free for every high school graduate. Anything else stick out to you two, Arshun? What what, uh, should people know about for what Gretchen Whitmer has on her to-do list? Sure, yeah. One one of the other um, big table kind of items that she mentioned, I think um, as she was talking about, you know, addressing costs and lowering costs for, for families, she was talking about I think over a billion dollar investment uh, in housing and just up, um, upping Michigan's housing stock uh, with new housing and also re- rehabbing older housing. Uh, that seemed like a very big, very big demand uh, from her speech, a very big focus. Right now, too many families spend more than half their income on their rent or mortgage. Our housing stock is old. Nearly half of all units in Michigan were built before 1970. Young people cite housing affordability as one of their top concerns. These are statewide challenges. In Traverse City, school districts need housing for teachers who have nowhere else to live. On the west side and in the UP, there just aren't enough homes for growing families. And I know Detroiters see higher rates when they resign. In other words, the rent is too damn high and we don't have enough damn housing. And also, like you mentioned, those education proposals are very, uh, she, she framed them as being transformational. She said that they would make a huge difference for improving outcomes for, for folks in the state. And this goes to, you know, Whitmer's push really for what she calls pre-K through 14. So we must support our kids from pre-K through post-secondary to prosperity. So, you know, we're not just talking about your senior year of college, you know, what we've always talked about in the past is K through 12. It's pre-K, right? So again, this idea of full phasing in of the Great Start Readiness Program to all four-year-olds and then two years of community college for Michigan uh, students. But I mean, to Arjun's point, you know, what she's talking about is $1.4 billion for housing. And so what we've got to figure out is how the state would pay for that right Right. now. (laughs) We had a $9 billion surplus, uh, much of that coming from federal dollars uh, because of the global pandemic. Uh, Much of that has been spent. Um, And so really what the next few weeks and really months uh, as we watch budget negotiations begin in earnest in, in Lansing is where something like $1.4 billion would come from, plus, as we're talking about money possibly for community college tuition and money for Great Start Readiness programs on top of everything else like caregivers tax credit and economic development measures that she also talked about. Right. She uh, called back to an issue that was her calling card on the way to the governor's office, fixing the damn roads. (laughs) Do you guys feel like that phrase is almost dogging her at this point? That, I mean, who knows if any living human could could possibly take care of all of Michigan's road problems with the tax structure for gas taxes that we have right now. I mean, 
<laughs> why did she even bring that up, Zoe? Why do you think? I think because it's become sort of a calling card. It's, you know, one of the things that she sort of became known for uh, during her initial campaign. I think, you know, in the second term running, it became like, you know, her her phrase, fight like hell when it came to reproductive freedom. So, you know, this governor, as all, I mean, most politicians have, is sort of those phrases that become ubiquitous in, in their terms. But, I mean, to your point in terms of proposals, There weren't any really huge new uh, transportation proposals. What she's pushing for is, you know, using money that was already planned and saying, let's get this $700 million done. Um, She talked a little bit about the the big road projects that have happened so far under her term and, you know, like 94 in Jackson and 96 and 275 interchange and things like that. But I mean, for a governor, again, who ran in her first term all about fixing the damn roads, there wasn't a huge amount of road funding or transportation transportation talk in this speech compared to, you know, many of the other things that we've discussed so far. Sure. Arjun, as we've mentioned, she also talked about rents being too damn high and this this housing proposal. Did you hear anything specific in terms of Republican reaction to this? I mean, I'm Zoe pointed out the fact that there may not be a super obvious immediate source of funding for this. But I mean, is, do you think that's the kind of issue that Republicans would like to get some traction on or hear about from their constituents? Sure. I, th- I think they s- expressed an openness to um, kind of negotiating on a lot of those different issues, uh, specifically on infrastructure and education. Uh, on housing itself, I don't believe they mentioned that specifically. They seem to express, again, an openness to kind of having some long-term conversations on solving uh, funding for improving roads and improving schools. But uh, they really, their focus um, during during their response was just on encouraging encouraging the Democrats to work by in a bipartisan way, especially they emphasize that, you know, right now in the state house, it's an equal number of Republicans and Democrats with those two vacancies uh, in Metro Detroit. So she they're really focused on trying to get Democrats to govern in a bipartisan way right now. And I think um, their focus is on that, again, that infrastructure side um, and, and also on the schools, trying to get some leverage in there. Arjun Thakar of WKAR joining us after burning the midnight oil, covering the governor's state of the state in Lansing. Arshun, thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. And also we've been talking with Michigan Public's Zoe Clark, who was anchoring our coverage last night. Zoe, thanks. Thanks, April. And that's the Stateside Podcast for today. I'm April Baer. You can find full stateside episodes when you're ready for more listens at michiganpublic.org. Today's podcast was produced by Rachel Ishikawa. Other producers who work on our show are Mike Blank, Ronia Cabansag, Mercedes Mejia, and April Van Buren. Our interns are Olivia Moradian and Laura Neong. Our executive producer is Laura Weber-Davis. Music for the pod comes from Audio Network and from Blue Dot Sessions. It's good to have you with us today. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hi, I'm Rebecca Williams. I'm Lester Graham. We've been working on a big project about Great Lakes birds called the Bird Connection. It will look at ducks and trumpeter swans. Egrets and herons. And piping plovers. Yes! We'll discuss what we've discovered at a Michigan Public Issues and Ale event. Including how some problems for birds are problems for people. It's at Arbor Brewing Company in Ypsilanti the evening of May 21st at 7. You can register at michiganpublic.org.